0: So here you see they've got this kind of look where they've got a wide receiver behind the tight end, which typically would mean a duo kind of deal. But it's a play action. Again, it's the 2 four, five look. So you've got Nooshi down as the outside linebacker. You've got the interior defensive tackles, and then you've got uh, the other outside linebacker down. You've got Barton, who, as Griffin said, he's kind of in that weak hook role. And yes. you've got Brooks, who's in the strong hook.
1: So first, if we, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, if, if we, um, if we like to find who, who each, um, what, who each player is in the underneath. So yeah, like Kobe Bryant, top of the screen, he's the, the curl flat slash seam carry defender. And then, uh, Jordan Brooks, strong hook, like, uh, Maddie said, and then Cody Barton the weak hook. And then down at the bottom, bottom of the screen, Ryan Neal is the weak curl flat slash seam defender. If, if he gets a seam um so like why this is so difficult is because cody or co cody barton has has to fit an inside gap an inside bubble whereas if in Bear, his gap is probably pushed out to the c gap so basically his starting point would be further away <laughs> if he's on the back side of the run action he'd be further away to that guy that's that crossing route that is currently stacked with jordan brooks um, and the further you are away from it, the less chance you have of horizontally uh, crossing, like uh, um, pushing too far with it. Because his gap is in the A-gap, uh, Cody's, that means he has to react faster and he doesn't get to catch the route. So it's just a very difficult assignment. That's why a common answer for this for teams that are play cover three and they're getting a lot of play action boots is playing like robbers so that a safety can come from depth to leverage it he can come downhill on it. Cody Barnes doesn't have this luxury here. He has to honor his, his run gap. Um, and then he has to roll over if he clears the backfield action and the quarterback still has the ball, then he has to go find that crossing route. So like what Cody does right here is just really hard. Uh, I mean, how many times play action works because the offenses get this look that linebackers caught in la la land and they get a wide open crossing route. Um, as we can see here, he's just Cody's all over it. Um, it's quick, quick reading and then quick, you know, athleticism, uh, change of direction skills. Um, and it's, it's that you know, 20 yard shuttles showing up, his 10 yard split showing up, which were both above average in testing. Um, and the three cone, which was solid too. So, um, you know, and there were like Cody had four three or four of these snaps that looked just like this. Um, and it's it's the the linebackers um helping out the um the corners as well on the inbreakers. Maddie, if you're talking, I can't hear you. I don't know if yeah. the audience, okay.
0: Cody had a great game. And <laughs> it was interesting how they they were playing like a kind of their their three-match style where They'd have the corners run with the crossers. They'd have the, you, you've described it well. They have the sort of interior hook players that we just outlined. They have them all kind of hug the running back and, and play almost like cover one style. But because of the prevalence from Sean McVay of trying to hit these crosser routes, even on straight play action, Seattle made zone nickels, which is how uh, Tariq Woolen actually got his interception as well. Um, now, it's, uh, it's a risky deal so if we go to uh, let's go to Woolen's pick hold on one second. It's a risky deal because it's not as it's not as outlined as it was in the past when Seattle would play zone coverage like they had really distinct rules and I think there's a sense that they're kind of still figuring this deal out. so if you just watch woolen's interception, he is here on, on this receiver, and they're expecting, at this point, they the Rams were expecting him to run across the field with this route. He didn't. He just zoned off. That means that Diggs in the post had to drive on the, the first intermediate route, and Cody, who, again, he's got that same issue of, I've got an interior gap here, but I've then got to get on my bike. If uh, they weren't running Leak, which is this kind of... or. It's, a throw it's back more just kind of a throw. yeah. It's yeah. like
1: a throwback wheel
0: option. If they weren't doing that, like I mean, this throw is kind of there. Like Cody's doing his best to get back to it, and Diggs is doing his best to drive on it in aggressive fashion. But like,
1: maybe I yeah. mean, it's it's completable but the margin for error, I think, I feel like Diggs has pretty decent coverage on it, and Cody's probably taking the best angle available. Yeah, because um, it's really it's their high cross play. Like it's less of a crosser, more of like an over, right? Like a like a deep over a little bit. Um
0: Yeah. So Sherdy, in the comments asked why why did McVeigh signal that was his fault? Because McVeigh thought um Woolen was gonna follow this number twelve, uh, Van Jefferson across the field, the first crossing route, because that's how Seattle usually does it. But in this game, they adapted midway through the game to a... Uh, that so if you look at um for instance the very play before that leak call oh no maybe not hold on let me let me sort my shit out (gasps) profanity um oh yeah here we go so this is why McVeigh would have called that so he'll have thought Seattle just as I said Seattle uh adjusted and they 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 played zone like a zoning it style of the the cover of three, but the reason why uh, McVeigh would have seen it and thought maybe they're going to change out of it is because this play. So if you watch what happens here, they motion away. So this is this is Wooland guy, right? This is his number one. And ordinarily, Seattle would run across the field with the crossing route. They'd ordinarily have Kobe Bryant match this guy vertical. Mm-hmm. It just so happens they were throwing a screen here, the Rams. But like, look how open this route is. This is Cody Barton's guy in the zone. It kind of cover three world, but the, you know, again, there's a clear kind of window. So I imagine McVeigh went to the throwback play, thinking, well, Seattle doesn't want to leave that route open again. They'll switch back to their matching coverage. Um, so he thought that they'd really clamp up. And basically, to the to the non degenerate eye, it looks a bit more like cover one. So, uh, uh, yeah, if you uh. If you see that from the end zone, we can see how that's, it's diffi- it was difficult for Cody Barton to access that route because where's his gap? Well, if we draw it up after the motion, he has this A gap, but then he's got to get on his bike off the A gap to this guy who's already got a head start to this kind of hash route. So it's a very difficult deal of playing straight downhill. He actually ends up having to flow with these pullers as well. So he's basically right. playing very fast forward right to very fast forward directly back left, which is a very difficult deal. You can see the crosser got well behind him. Uh, that's not Boston's fault. That's just how difficult this kind of coverage is and why Seattle played the bare front at first. So, Shirdy, that's why um, McVay signaled it is his fault because he thought they would probably get out the coverage again because they're having issues with the zone-it principles. So, yeah, with football, there's no perfect solution. It's sort of just... Uh, being a bit lucky and also um, mixing it up. Um, yeah, and putting players in good positions for what you think you're going to get the most of. And honestly, in, in this game, after the adjustments, Seattle did that. So, yeah. Now, Griff. Um, so, is this a good example of the run defense?
1: Yes. It's, okay. it's um, taking care of the, the B-gap bubble to the nose side in this front
0: ah, uh, yeah perfect perfect yeah so one thing that seattle did to help out in the in the 245 is as griffin said they took care of their b-gap bubble how do they do that well they're allowing their ends to play a bit more aggressive um so here you can see uh, bruce ervin was to the field he was to the b-gap bubble um Monet uh, was uh, playing like as the, the uh, two-eye nose tackle um, in the A-gap, and so that creates this B-gap room.
1: One thing, so- McVay did,
0: Go ahead. one thing McVay did as well was he put the tight end to the, uh, to the nickel um, and played trips because he knows that Seattle will always play the nickel to the passing strength. He played the tight end to the side of the nickel to get him more involved. But here the nickel to try and help him out further because they run at him still with a similar idea of trying to get him involved in the run Um, to help him out. Griff.
1: So, so the, the motion, yeah. So the motion pulls the nickel into the fit and obviously like B gap is a huge problem in an even down front because that's, that's just you you're you have an uncovered guard so if if they if they scoop that nose tackle then whoever is in the second level could be contacted by a 300 plus pound individual and in this case sean mcveigh's uh uh manipulated the the formation to get make sure that in person being contacted is uh, a 200 pound nickel in kobe bryant so um so to alleviate this they're they're gonna spike bruce irvin 51 who's in like essentially a five technique or a whatever a a ghost seven or whatever um he's or a ghost like ghost tight end they're gonna spike him into the b gap which spills the ball and ensures that no contact will get on kobe bryant and he'll just fit off of bruce essentially he'll be the new c gap player um it's like a little gap exchange and First, I mean, on, on one count, you know, you're getting penetration. Bruce Irvin could get a tackle for loss, right? If not, it's okay because you're, you're getting what we end up getting here. Um, So, and then also you'll see Al Woods, he'll get, um, he'll get hands, I think on the guard here, even though he's inside of him and he's getting motion away. Yeah. So he's playing heavy on him. He's almost playing a two gap technique. Um, And this does help keep the linebackers free, which so in, in a tank front um, and you're, you're playing cover three, part of the reason why the linebackers are able to be a little bit more um, kind of not pass first per se, but more pass minded is because, because the defensive tackles are playing heavier in inviting the combos, they know they can kind of hold their width and, yeah. a little bit. So, whereas if they were playing more like a pure one, like Al Woods in a one and Cody or and Shelby Harrison a pure three or, or a wider three. That means the linebackers would have to hit that gap even harder to try to release the combos. Um so it's this takes us back to, you know, and KJ Wright mentioned on seven ten, talking about like um Brooklyn and which is this nickel overfront. It's what he would have called it when they were playing. Seattle based out of this exact look in 2014 and 15. Like they played they, they were a base nickel team, and they played a heavy overfront. They called it a tank front. And they they fit the run out of it, and they defended everything in the pass out of it. One, because they had the Hall of Famers on it. But um, the fact that they're functioning in this front and and coverage throughout this game, I think, um, you know, with some hiccups. Um, but structurally, I'd say they won the day. I mean, that, that's just a good sign. I think it's just indicative of, of their talent. The problem is... The talent that they do have i'm not saying they have overwhelming talent but that they had enough talent to make this work um so i i, I just think that that's an encouraging sign um how it kind of all worked together holistically again not to an, a crazy extent um but to the extent that it did
0: yeah yeah very encouraging sign and yeah like griff said those heavy playing guys like a two-eye he's when Seattle lines is two wide, they are almost two gapping and the linebackers, they can like, it, it will make it clearer because they get comboed. It will make it clearer whether it's run or pass as well. Cause you're going to get a low hat. If uh, the center is going for the, uh, <laughs> going for your for guard. Sure. Um, okay. So that that's the kind of big run adjustments that happens. This wasn't Jordan Brooks's best game, uh, all of the kind of eye candy he was overplaying and he just wasn't trusting his teammates to to make the play. Like, the, as I said, they they went into these fronts for the extra off adjuster, which meant that Brooks didn't need to overplay this stuff. And I'm wondering, Griff, if he got a bit confused between, like, you know, suddenly we're now in this four-down world where there's, an, you know, an extra, well, not an extra bubble, but there's two interior A-gap, B-gap bubbles, and if he just freaks out a bit
1: yeah i i wondered if it i mean because like you said the, the misdirection the eye candy like all that jet motion and stuff um because it's not just oh he's chasing something in the flat it, it when you have that motion it changes your gap um and i think he was often sean mcveigh has two guys in motion like a tight end splitting across and then uh the z or slot on on the jet right um he i mean he was just getting confused with like what gap do i have essentially on some of these he just straight up is like do i have this one or that one um when you're in bear your bubble goes from a all the way to the c gap if your gap changes like it's very like it's it's really simple whereas in this one you have an a or b and it's one or the other and you don't know is my nickel being pulled into the fit or out of the fit and if he's in the fit or out of the fit that means i have the a or the b right whereas it's a lot simpler in bear um, and like Sean McVay throws the book at you. So like there are downsides and, and there are pros and cons to every front. And I think the cons of this front was revealed with how Jordan was taking it. Cause he just couldn't handle it. Um, now, but then the other side of it was, it seemed at times he was just really desperate to make a play. And he just, like you said, wasn't trusting his teammates to fit their assignment. Like when it seemed clear on what he did need to do, he was out leveraging himself or, predicting another type of run concept was going to happen, eager to make the play instead of just reading what was in front of him. Um,
0: yeah. So this is the most egregious example. Now, the situation was where Seattle started playing a bit more middlefield open, but Brooks did this in middle field close too. And I think, you know, but Barton's game shows what happens when you do trust like your teammates to make the play in the, like, he had a really good game. Um, and he clearly understood, you know, okay, well, this guy's come back, so I now need to, uh, you know, rock back my fit to this gap. Okay, this guy's come along. Now I can go back to my original gap. He was keying the right things, whereas Brooks wasn't trusting his keys. And as I said, this is a middle-field open example, but really, I think the way Seattle's fitting this up, now I don't know, is just classic (coughs) kind of two-back style of uh, turn-back, run-through turn-back or lever-spill lever. So... If we pause the play here, this guy has motioned away. He's out of the core. Cody actually made a hand signal to his deep half player on that side. So Cody's had a slot form to his side. I think Seattle's playing. It might have been cover two across the board. It could be that this is cover four uh, um, to Cody's side and cover two away. But how they I... make that... Yeah.
1: I was going to say it felt like cover two, especially because Neil starts bailing like it's cover two.
0: Yeah, yeah. It
1: doesn't feel like a quarters technique.
0: So how you'd fit that in an over front to this uh, 11 personnel bunch look is that kind of turn back run through uh, turn back style where you're flowing off your dude, your your heavy playing guys. And they actually spiked Irvin. So this uh, is that a tackle? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's spilling the first blocker.
0: Yeah. So if, if we just if we just draw it up, this is the turnback player. Barton's the turnback. Brooks is the spill or run through, and Kobe Bryant the nickel is the turnback or run through. They've got the nickel to three technique, which is how they always have it because it keeps him cleaner. It doesn't give him that dreaded B gap where often just like to run where the run can really hit up where guards can get on you. So if we just watch the play out here comes irving to spill the first puller to help out the front because they've got two high safeties it kind of helps them cheat the math and then here comes this tricky second motion this the, the dreaded second motion